To listen to memory card episodes early and ad-free, consider supporting the show via Patreon at patreon.com memcard. Hey there, video game fans. I'm Push Dustin, and this is Memory Card. Now, you might be asking, where's Ben? Where, where is he? Where is he? I don't know. Well, instead, we replaced him with Superior Ben, and that is John Cartwright. Um, he recently joined uh, Good Vibes Gaming, and uh, we're really excited to have him on. Can I really fill the boots of Ben, though? <laughs> I don't, I'm not ready for this. I think you have a much better voice than him. Oh, I don't know about that. Ben's got a very nice voice. <laughs> Yours is very soothing to listen to, though. <laughs> so, uh, today I think uh, you'll be talking a little bit about uh, Puyo Puyo, which is a fantastic series that has a, a rich history. And I'm really excited to hear your thoughts and your uh, history with that series as well. Absolutely. And I'm kind of interested to see your perspective too, because obviously you have a lot more Japanese influence than I do. And mm-hmm. uh, over in the West, Puyo Puyo hasn't had that much of a presence. Uh, not, not until Puyo Puyo Tetris really did it really take off here. Mm-hmm. Um, so since that game released, I've been going back through the history of the franchise and rediscovering everything that the West missed. Because here in the West, we only had Puyo Puyo 1, which was reskinned as Kirby's Avalanche and Mean Bean Machine. We had, I, I believe, um, Neo Geo Pocket Color had a port of uh, Puyo Puyo 2. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, it was Puyo Puyo Fever. That was really the big break-in in the West. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've not had that much over here. But over in Japan, it's been one of the largest puzzle series ever in that country. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember, um, you know, when I first came here after uh, graduating from college, like talking to people who aren't very uh, interested in video games, like very casual gamers or, you know, people who were in the 50s and stuff like that. I would ask them, like, oh, what games did you play? And a lot of them would say Puyo Puyo. Um, like they have it's, it was like really like the, the Miss Pac-Man of Japan. Yeah. And that was always kind of the point of the franchise. Like it was made in 1991. And the point was to kind of give puzzle games that competitive component. Mm-hmm. They wanted it to sort of mirror uh, Street Fighter II success. And one big thing other puzzle games weren't doing at the time was characterization. Like, a lot of puzzle games were blocks, like Columns and Tetris. And so what, they, what, what Compile wanted to do at the time was give some more flavor. Uh, and that's why there's a, a big roster of characters in this game so that you can actually, um, I guess, associate with them mm-hmm. rather than just playing as these blocks. And I think that's, that's a major part of why this is so beloved, um, because everyone just kind of connects to those characters, whereas you can't really do that in other puzzle games. Yeah, there's a really uh, big focus on the characters and the story. There's a lot of games that actually involve Satan, is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> Satan now is what he's known as in, in Japan, but here in the West he's the Dark Prince now, but oh, okay. <laughs> Satan's a way better name. <laughs> <laughs> so uh can you tell me a little bit about the main character yeah so arl is the primary character you play as and so these all most of the core cast comes from forgive my pronunciation but it's mado monogatari which is a mm, that's actually pretty good yeah <laughs> it's uh, it's a dungeon crawler <laughs> yeah which i wish i had more experience with but we've never had any of them in the west but um it was also done by compile and they basically took the the core cast of characters from that game and made them star in Puyo Puyo. Mm-hmm. 
And there are differences. Like, they're a lot more cute um, in Imperial Period than they are in Monogatari. But th- that, that's, that's the general gist of where they came from. And over the years, there have been a, a far more elaborate cast. So Compile had their characters from 1991 up until, I want to say, 2000, when Sega bought them. Yeah, I think, I think that's about right. And then Sonic Team took over and kind of reinvigorated the cast. A lot of brand new characters, a brand new art style. Um, a few of them came back, like Arl and the Dark Prince. Uh, and especially over the years, there have been more Compile characters. But there's, there's definitely a, an era of Puyo Puyo. There's the Compile era and the Sega era. Yeah. And they are quite different in art style and very different in how they sort of convey themselves. But the Puyo Puyo gameplays kind of remain pretty consistent over the years. So uh, can you just, uh, let's back up and what is the actual gameplay of Puyo Puyo? Like, what's yeah. the point of Puyo Puyo? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so it's, it's a falling block game, I guess, kind of like Tetris. But uh, instead of clearing lines, you're matching rows of four Puyos. So if four of the same color connect, they burst. So that's the general gist. But what you want to do, though, is make combos. So you want them to fall on each other. And mastering that gameplay can take a little bit. But once you're there, you will be popping Puyo in your dreams. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's so relaxing to play. Uh, so you want to just kind of line them up so that when you pop one, they all sort of fall back on each other. You get these really satisfying combos. Um, and that's, that's also another character thing is... In later games, characters have their own animations when you pop them. Mm-hmm. So if you get like a line of seven Puyo, you get these really satisfying animations. Oh. And in Puyo Puyo 1, it was a little bit janky in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So there was no counter in that game. So if you were to get like a giant combo, your opponent would be pretty stuck uh, while trying to counter that. Yeah. Whereas in Puyo Puyo 2, one of the big innovations is you can counter. So if, if someone's sending you a big amount of garbage, you can look at their screen and say, oh no, I better try and pop some, pop some Puyo to try and counter that. <laughs> Which is why Puyo Puyo 2 is kind of still the basis today, just because it gave that big refinement to the formula. Is there a game in the Puyo Puyo series that's like really regarded as like the best experience? I think Puyo Puyo 2 is probably still uh, regarded as you know, the definitive way to play Puyo. And when Puyo Puyo Champions came along, which was uh, Puyo Puyo Esports in Japan, yeah. they had two core modes you could play. Um, there was Puyo Puyo 2 and Puyo Puyo Fever. So yeah, 2 is still sort of like the core game that everything's kind of still based on. Like the, the Puyo Puyo Tetris um, mm-hmm. still uses Puyo Puyo 2 as its rule set. Oh, really? Yeah. But there have been lots of different games over the years, and they all sort of give their own little twists, like Puyo Puyo Sun. Uh, that was on the Sega Saturn and N64 and PlayStation. And um, that, that's, that is, like, it's largely based around Puyo Puyo 2, apart from there's Suns now, um, <laughs> and Suns will appear on the board, which can give, like, extra garbage to your opponent. But yeah, still largely, it is largely Puyo Puyo 2. Yeah, I did some uh, light, re- light research before this episode on um, Puyo Puyo, and one of the things that I loved was uh, in Puyo Puyo Sun, the story is that, like, uh, the Dark Prince, or, or Satan, <laughs> um, just blasts the sun on really, you know, high. And then, like, Arla is just, like, mad and just goes and tries to stop him. Yes. The Dark Prince loves Arl, so a lot of the stories revolve around him doing these, like, quite low stakes. I guess, I guess making the sun super hot isn't low stakes, but <laughs> these minor things to try and like, entice her to marry him. Mm-hmm. That's, that's usually the general gist of, of, of the stories. <laughs> After, uh, was it, uh, Puyo Puyo Box, like, around 2000? That's when Sega acquired Compile. Yeah. Uh, what happened there? Like, why, did, why, did, why was Sega able to comp- uh, acquire this company? Well, Compile were going um, bankrupt at the time. So 
they didn't really have much of a choice, and Sego, I guess they're, they're fairly synonymous with Puyo Puyo. I mean, the series didn't start with them, actually. It started with the MSX and the Famicom before it came to, you know, the Mega Drive. But yeah, Sega had a rich history with them, so I guess the acquisition made sense in that respect. And from there on, Sonic Team took over. But yeah, Puyo Puyo Box was the final compile game, and that was done exclusively on the PlayStation. And it was this, um, it was almost like a compilation RPG. So you can, there's this overworld you can walk around in, um, but the actual Puyo Puyo gameplay is based on 1 and 2. But yeah, yeah, so after that, Sega took, took, the, took the reins, and Sonic Team ended up making Puyo Puyo, and they still do today. Mm-hmm. So what kind of um, new additions did the uh, Sonic Team introduce to Puyo Puyo? We, we heard that they like redesigned some of the characters or added some of the new characters. Uh, have they done anything uh, else with the series? Yeah, they, they, they have little twists with every game. So Puyo Puyo Fever had a fever meter. And I guess the best way to explain that is like a fighting game superbar. Okay. So the, the more damage you do, I guess, or, or take, uh, your bar slowly fills up. And when that fills completely, you go into fever mode, which is this sort of predetermined alignment of Puyo. Mm-hmm. And you just got to pop them very quickly. So like, let's, let's say there's like there's green ones here, there's red ones there, there's blue ones there. You just got to pop them. So it's already lined up for you. You just got to go and do it. So that gives you these really quick combos and um, a great way to sort of get a leg up if you're behind. Wow, what an interesting episode. We're going to put things on pause for a moment to briefly explain how you can support Memory Card. If you enjoy our content, you can show your support by leaving positive reviews on your podcasting service of choice. Four or five stars and a few kind words go a long way when it comes to convincing others to give the show a listen. So please do so if you find the time. Spreading the word is also very helpful. If you know anyone who's interested in gaming or history, or both, you should consider sharing Memory Card with them. Every season we strive to reach a wider audience, and you can help. If you're feeling extra supportive, you can head over to patreon.com memcard. Every single one of our patrons gets access to early ad-free episodes. Higher tiers include bonus episodes, shoutouts, stickers, and more. We certainly hope you'll check it out and consider becoming one of our lovely patrons. Once again, that's patreon.com slash M-E-M-C-A-R-D. Hey, Ben, what's our sticker for this season? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. This season, we have a lovely illustration of Gumbo, the bull terrier, wearing a memory card sweatshirt, as drawn by artist Alice Carroll. And it's actually the dog of Jamatar who does the theme for our podcast. Whoa, that's like everything I love. I love dogs, I love sweatshirts, I love Jamatar. That's right, and it's a sticker. Whoa, I can stick it on my phone. (laughs) You can stick it wherever you want, Push. Well, thanks for taking the time to hear us out. Let's get back to the show. So, uh, I guess at the beginning of this um, podcast, you mentioned that there was also the Puyo Puyo Tetris. Uh, What what exactly is that? So, Puyo Puyo Tetris, that was the first time the game came to the West since Fever. So around, I want to say around 15 years, um, that gap. And yeah, that was the collaboration of Puyo Puyo and Tetris. Whoa. Yeah, I know, crazy, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, two different puzzle games that can be played competitively together. So you, one, one player can be playing Puyo Puyo, another player can be playing Tetris. And they're, they're quite different games. Um, so Tetris is about clearing lines, Puyo is about combos. Yep. But they manage to balance them in a fairly fair way. So you're, you still get garbage in both games. So in like competitive Tetris, if you clear a line, you'll get garbage below you. Whereas in Puyo Puyo, if you clear Puyos, you get garbage coming from above you. 
so it's essentially the same rules. You're both, you're both just sort of dealing garbage, trying to make the other one get to the top of the screen. Yeah. But you are both playing two very different games at the same time, and somehow it works really, really well. Mm-hmm. And then they, uh, just very recently, they also released the, the second iteration of that, right? Yeah. What, what kind of improvements did that feature? So I, I guess when, when you compare Puyo Puyo Tetris to Puyo Puyo Tetris 2, I think I start to understand sports games a bit more. Like sports games come along every year. It's like, what do they actually change? <laughs> um, <laughs> so there aren't, there aren't many, many differences. What, one thing they did do is they brought along the RPG mode, which came from Puyo Puyo Chronicle, oh. which was a 3DS-only RPG in Japan, which recently got fan-translated. And in this RPG mode, the goal isn't necessarily to get the player to the top of the screen, but rather get rid of their health bar. Mm-hmm. And you have these different spells that you can use as well. So there's, like, there's an MP meter you're managing at the same time. So you could, there's like health spells, there's attack spells, you can make your Puyo change all different colors. Um, so that mode from Chronicle made its way to 2. And there's also a bunch of new characters, like Sonic the Hedgehog is in Puyo Puyo Tetris 2, <laughs> along with the City Escape theme and a bunch of other things like that. So yeah, there's definitely improvements to 2, but it's more of, I guess, like an expanded version of the first game, really. Another game that um, I'm kind of curious if you know a little bit about is uh, Puyo Puyo um, Quest. I think it was released for like iOS and Android or something, and, and also had like an arcade release. I remember when I um, first came to Japan, that was like everywhere. That was it was just like all, in all the arcades. Uh, have you had a chance to like play it or? Yeah, that, that's that's fascinating hearing your perspective on that because in the West, there's no presence of Quest. Yeah, um, it's a game I've always wanted to try, but no, I haven't. Um, I'm sure there are ways to play it in the West, mm-hmm. but it's it's always fascinating seeing the collaborations they do. Like you have like Amity and Sonic meeting. Uh, it, <laughs> they've got all these different collaborations between Sega properties, but also outside properties as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's, it's a game that's always been out of reach for me, but uh, I, I'd love to try it someday. I mean, I'm sure there, uh, if you have an Android device, maybe you could possibly download the APK. Yeah. So after um, Compile went bankrupt, do you know what happened with them? Like, um, did they just kind of stop making games? So Compile do exist today, actually. They, they made a new version of Compile. So in 2016, Compile uh, made a successor company, Compile Maru, I believe it's pronounced. And they basically just make other games now. There's one very similar to Puyo Puyo mm-hmm. that was released on the 3DS eShop. But they, they aren't particularly high profile. I guess they're still in the the you know the growing stages but yeah compiles uh, original creators i guess they, they are still going fairly strong today the one that they released it was for the 3ds right and it involved like making like long connections or something like that yeah so it's it's, it's not necessarily like just Puyo Puyo again you're right it's more about connecting yeah yeah so it's it's different and um, they're definitely putting a spin on the original formula but it definitely has you know that that Puyo Puyo dna in there I got really into um, wondering like what happened with all these famous creators like a while back ago, and I think um, the founder was um, Masamitsu Nitani, mm-hmm. and he actually streams on YouTube regularly. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like his uh, his streams have very like low view counts, and he's just like cooking food or like he's being like a grandpa. It's it's really adorable. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, do you have any, like, favorite characters from the Pupuyo franchise? So, a boring one is Al. You know, she's the, the main yeah. character. There, yeah, there's, there's a... I, lo- I love the entire cast, really. There's so many great ones. 
I guess yeah, another I guess another boring one's Amity. She's she's the she's basically the Sega protagonist. When Sonic Team took over, okay. Amity was kind of made the uh, the starring role. And then Ringo kind of took over after that, um, especially in Puyo Puyo Tetris. But um, yeah, there's there's so many great ones. That it's kind of hard to choose. Uh, Sig is this brilliant character. You got like Shezo, who is this sort of he's meant to be like this sort of hero, but he's quite he's got like, like a, a, com- a comedic side to him. Mm-hmm. And you got all the the Tetris characters too, which came in for Puyo Puyo Tetris, like S and T and No. <laughs> uh, it's a vast cast. Like everyone has their own favorite. When you play online, you're you're gonna find. Basically, everyone playing is anyone, um, and the Dark Prince is great too. He's voiced by the um, the Smash announcer. Oh, uh, he's voiced by Xander Mobius. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of voices, like, it's kind of an all star cast in Puyo Puyo Tetris. You've got the voice of Morgana um, in there as Ringo. Wow, there's there's so many like high profile characters in there. Yeah, um, I remember uh, back in the Smash days, you were always advocating for L Elbro- Block <laughs> yeah. to join uh, Smash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it feels like a waste that Smash never got a puzzle rep. There's definitely some genres uh, missing in, in the roster. Yeah, it feels like they could take um, Dr. Mario a little bit further. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess, uh, when did you first get exposed to the series? Like, was it through Smash speculation, or was it just, like, a happenstance kind of situation? So, I think, like a lot of people, I, I think I got exposed to the series without knowing I got exposed mm-hmm. to the series, because um, I, I started going back through Sega's history with Sonic Mega Collection. Um, so I, I didn't grow up in the Mega Drive era. Well, I guess I, I was on the, on the back burner of that. So a lot of Sonic's Mega Drive days, I ex- experienced through that, like Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic 3. And part of that was Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Mm-hmm. And I played that a ton. Uh, I really enjoyed it. But I didn't really think about it as Puyo Puyo, because I, d- I didn't know it was Puyo Puyo. Yeah. Uh, I guess other people <laughs> would have done that with Kirby's Avalanche on the Super Nintendo. But when, when I got exposed to the franchise again, it was Puyo Puyo Fever, but it didn't necessarily hook me in the same way that Mean Bean Machine did, even though it's far more refined than Mean Bean Machine. I think I just like the Sonic characters. <laughs> but then we kind of missed out on the West for a very long time. And I heard, I heard about Puyo Puyo and Smash speculation a lot, mm-hmm. but I was, never, I was never really on that train. I couldn't really get behind something I wasn't invested in. Um, then Puyo Puyo Tetris came along. And I think this was a big thing for a lot of people in the West. Because not only was it an early Switch title, meaning a lot of people sort of, they, they went towards it, but it was Tetris, which is massive globally. Mm-hmm. And I played Tetris primarily for a very long time in Puyo Puyo Tetris. But then one day, the mechanics of Puyo Puyo just clicked with me. And I was already introduced to all mm-hmm. the characters through story mode. And... Yes, yeah, suddenly I just had a big infatuation for the franchise. I started going back and playing everything. And yeah, and Arl was a favorite of mine. So I, I sort of gr- I gravitated from Block being my, my big smash pick to Arl. Um, because suddenly <laughs> she's an actual character for one. <laughs> but yeah, that was, Popo Tetris was really what got me. Yeah, I think it was also the, the, correct me if I'm wrong, it's the first Tetris game on the Switch. Yeah. So. Yeah, t- Switch has got a few of them now. Um, there's like five, I think, you can play on yeah. Switch. <laughs> yeah. And there, there's a bit of a fight to get Puyo Puyo Tetris in the West as well. Because it came out on 3DS and Wii U and I think, I think everything, like PS3 and Xbox, maybe. Wow. This isn't a strange thing for Puyo. Like Puyo Puyo Fever came everywhere. It was on Xbox and PS2 and GameCube and GBA and PSP and DS and... I think engage. I want to say. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so basically, if you have a device and like Puyo, you're you're set. 
You're set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you're in the West. Or... Unless you're in the West. Yeah, and there's, there's still some unlocalized games. Um, the first Puyo Puyo got localized as part of Sega Ages. Oh, really? So before that, we only had it as Mean Bean Machine and Kirby's Avalanche. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we got it through that. Um, but Puyo Puyo N, the fourth one on Dreamcast, and uh, I think it was on other platforms too. I, I've played on Dreamcast. It's this beautiful game. Like, the art style's very mature and almost gritty, which is strange for the franchise, but it's, it's a stunning one. But that's never been re-released. Is that the one with the, the full cutscenes? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the intro's this beautiful anime cutscene. But yeah, we've never had that in the West, which is a real shame. It's not too late, Sega. No, never too late. <laughs> I guess, uh, as like, like the last question, is um, where would you rank Pui Pui in, in the terms of like, your favorite uh, puzzle games? Because I know that you're a fan of quite a number of series. Yeah, it's, it's grown a lot over the years. So, uh, Panel de Pon is one of my absolute favorites. Uh, but I, with that, I tend to stick to just a couple of games. So, I think Panel de Pon is what I would say is my favorite overall. But it's not, it's not like a huge franchise is the thing. Yeah. Whereas Puyo Puyo has this massive legacy behind it, I can enjoy a bunch of different games. Um, and they all have slight differences. It's, it's kind of like Smash, I suppose. Like, Smash 64 and Melee feel different. To Smash 4 and Smash Ultimate, even though they're kind of, you know, the, people look at them, they'd look like the same game, but they're not. Yeah. So I think Puyo Puyo might even be my favorite overall as a series. Um, Tetris is also a huge contender, of course, but I love, I just love the character, the flavor, the style of Puyo Puyo. So I, I think I would call it my favorite overall. Yeah, definitely having, you know, those characters and um, the various art styles and even like um, gameplay mechanics that have been introduced over the years, I can see why. There's a wide selection of games to pick from. Yeah, it's great when they embrace that. Um, Puyo Puyo Chronicle, the 3DS one, it wasn't only an RPG, but there's this side mode where you can basically play anything. So they have Puyo Puyo 1, 2, Sun, oh, wow. uh, Fever. They can all, all be played within that game. Which is, and again, that never came to the West either, but it's, it's a great game. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, again, thank you for joining us today. And um, can you let the fine people out there know where they can find you? Absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter at JohnComs and also on Good Vibes Gaming, where I'll be making a bunch of videos. A lot. Probably some Puyo Puyo ones. And I look forward to watching all of That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Our intro and outro music was crafted by talented chiptune composer Jamatar. You can find more of his bangin' beats by searching Jamatar, that's J-A-M-A-T-A-R, on Spotify or visiting Jamatar.com. If you have any feedback on the podcast or would like to recommend a topic, feel free to reach out to us via Twitter, at MemCardShow. Or you can visit our website, MemoryCardShow.com. If you'd like to follow Ben and I, we can be found at SuperBentendo and at PushDustin, respectively. Have you considered supporting Memory Card on Patreon? If not, we hope you will. Currently, we're supported by quite a few awesome people, all of which get access to early, ad-free episodes. These people include Jackson Bertoli, Taylor Bias, Cody Sam, Michael Strickland, Harrison, Jorge Bajija, Manuel Vitella, Shala, Sandra L., Brandon Hanabarger, Sean Marafini, and Nick Callis. All of our Patreon info can be found on the support section of our website or on patreon.com slash memcard.
We'll be back really soon with some more gaming history goodness, so be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you've enjoyed the show. We'll see you soon.